We have a new sponsor for the month of March, Stacked Supplements. Stacked Supplements is a locally owned and operated supplement store located in five towns across the Midwest. Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Carbondale, Illinois, Evansville, Indiana, Marion, Illinois, and Paducah, Kentucky. Stack's goal is to help people get results by providing next-level service, products, and support. Stack Supplements is more than just a supplement store. They go above and beyond to help each and every customer achieve their goals and improve their health. Check out their wide selection of everything from general health products and vitamins, minerals, to pre-workouts, fat burners, and proteins, and so much more. You can check out their website at stacksupplements.com, and the link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you're doing well this morning. Let me go ahead and explain what's going on today. This week we should have released part four in the series on biblical womanhood. We're working through worship work, help submit, fear nothing, love. And right now we are on week four, which is on submission, but we've not been able to work out the timing yet to go ahead and record that. So we're going to do something else today, and then that will release as soon as we can get that done. So today I'm going to talk about God and politics. I want to walk through four Uh, passages today that really lay out what people would define today as a political issue that is, more importantly, a theological issue. And because it's a theological issue, we have to speak to it. And because God's Word is authoritative over all of life, that means it's going to be authoritative in every realm of life, in every sphere of authority. The Bible is going to dictate, God's Word is going to dictate what is authoritative and what are the parameters of those spheres of authority. And so we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I want to remind you first about the giveaway that's going on and the sponsor of the month, which is uh, Stack Supplements right here. You guys uh, who are listening on the podcast have already heard the ad at the beginning of the show. Go ahead and sign up in the in the show notes for the giveaway. And right now we've got, uh, I don't know how many are entered at this point, but it's not a massive giveaway at this point. So there's a real possibility of you winning. And so if you want to sign up for that, you certainly can. And uh, make sure and check out Stack Supplements and everything they got going on. With, uh, with that work. Matt Short is doing a really great job and his wife as they're leading that, uh, leading that business. It's pretty cool. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray. Ask for the Lord's help. And then I want to talk about, I'll give you two examples. And then we're going to talk uh, first about gender and marriage. We're going to talk about abortion and other evils. And then we're going to say that God speaks to those that are elected or appointed or those who are sitting on uh, king's chairs as emperor and uh, see what God has to say to them. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. It's a great morning, and we thank you for it. We want to honor you in this time. God, I pray this would be helpful to people and for anybody that may be listening in that wonders how God God's Word applies to the civic realm. Then, God, I pray you'd help this be helpful to them. And uh, Holy Spirit, just lead us. I trust you will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I was speaking at a conference a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, college students. And I was talking about Genesis chapter 1. I was connecting the creation mandate with the Great Commission. And from the beginning, I was talking about God making us male and female and then defining marriage and Jesus uh, agreeing with that, not disagreeing with that and redefining marriage, but agreeing that the two should become one flesh, the male and the female, man and the woman. And how God created us, not just as asexual beings or androgynous lumps. He made us male and female. So that's dignity beyond equality. 
feminists, egalitarians want to squash that and just say that we're all the same. They want to rob, they want to rob the male and the female of the glory that God bestowed upon them as engendered beings. So I was talking about that and then talking about how in Christ to follow Christ, because that was session two. Session three, I talked about how we have to be committed to this multiplication and this work of this this global conquest of the Great Commission as Christian men and as Christian women. So we have to follow Christ as a man, or we have to follow Christ as a woman. And as I laid that out, these students were listening, they were attentive, only one walked out, which is good. And there were 150 students there. One of them came up to me afterwards at dinner time, and he said, thank you so much. You know, you were you were being political, but it was needed. And I was a little bit taken back, kind of scratching my head a little bit and thinking, what was I being political about? And this is something that I've been accused of even, even recently of, man, you know, you, what's going on with all this politics stuff? And uh, I asked many people about this to think, am I being out of balance and talk to my wife, talk to... Um, some elders, and, and they're like, no, absolutely not. We're recognizing and growing into the truth that God's word is applicable everywhere and authoritative everywhere. This is what, <clears throat> anyways, so it's been a fun process. But because I was speaking about gender and marriage, this student thought I was speaking to politics. And I think it's representative. In fact, I know it's representative of what's happening in our world today as we've become less and less theological and we've become more and more compartmentalized in our understanding of authority and in the belief, it's like it's cemented in, that God's word is authoritative only for Christians. And then to say anything that's going on in the political world, that's going in in public policy or having conversations or that, that people are having conversations about, in society or in pop culture or whatever, if you address that, well then, somehow or another, you're, you're looked at as not being theological, pro- proclaiming the scriptures, you're looked, as being, looked at as being political, trying to speak to this hot-button issue. So, if, if that's what we mean by political, pastors have to be political. I mean, pastors have to. I'm not talking about being a lobbyist in Washington, D.C. or even your state. Not that that's necessarily wrong. It's just not primarily the work of a pastor. But, um, and but we need to encourage people, right? That in all of life, we need Christians stepping up and ruling for the good of the people, serving for the good of the people. It's better when we have people in political office that love and honor Jesus and want to obey his word than it is if we have somebody that hates God's word and hate Christians in that particular position. So let's just work through these few things and then let's, let's just see how these are theological and how as pastors and as Christians, then we are to be prophetic, little p, prophetic to the world. Pastors, I want to plead with you here to think through this, and I want you to lean into God's word and deal with the accusations. Let it walk, let it roll off your back like water off a duck's back. Deal with the accusations that you're being too political and speak prophetically to your people and to the people that hear what you're saying, you know, hear what you're going to say. Number one, gender and sexuality. Um, that is a hot-button issue, right? But the Bible clearly says that we've been made male and female. That's what it means to be a part of mankind. Male, female. Marriage. God has defined marriage. There's no such thing as marriage that's outside of a man and a woman coming together and and a man holding fast to his wife and coming together, and the two shall become one flesh. And what God puts together, let no one separate. That's biblical marriage. Defined marriage. Two people together for a lifetime. Then abortion. 
Okay, abortion is this hot, again, this is an issue that just people rage about. And can you be an incrementalist or are you only an abolitionist? And I'll just say up front, I'm only an abolitionist because murder is murder. And you know, Exodus chapter 20 clearly lays out the Ten Commandments and just the basics of Christianity with the Ten Commandments are applicable everywhere. Isn't this the main confusion about our day is that the belief that the scriptures are only authoritative to people who give the scriptures authority or at least claim they give a scripture authority. The Bible and God's word is authoritative whether people recognize that or not. And pastor, you've got to hear that. You've got to understand that. That it doesn't stop. God's word, God's authority doesn't stop when people give it the stiff arm. People don't get to just say like, no, I don't want God's word. And then all of a sudden, magically, God's word is no longer authoritative to that person. Or you can't any longer open the Bible and say, this is what God has to say about this to somebody like that. Because abortion is murder. And across the board, our world needs to know that. People in our cities need to know that. People in our state need to know that. People in this country need to know that. Okay, one example here of what I'm talking about. This comes from Luke chapter 3. And it's the famous... uh, The famous scene where John the Baptist confronts Herod. Now, I want you to see here, because the whole the whole idea or concept of this, and this is, a, as I was just reading through my Bible reading plan, this really just popped a couple years ago. Now, what, you know when you're reading the Bible, and sometimes you read over something that you've read before, and all of a sudden it's just like it's highlighted on the page, and you see something you've never seen before. And I thought that John the Baptist only talked to Herod and had been reproving him for having Herodias, his brother's wife. And that was it. And certainly, that would mean that God's word's authoritative over Herod. But it goes beyond that in Luke, where we get some insight into the whole scene as it unfolded. And I want you to hear this as I read it. But Herod the Tetrarch had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife. And then it doesn't stop there. And that's where in Matthew, it stops. Here, we get the behind the scenes. You get to pull back the curtain and see a little bit more. Here's what it says. And he had also reproved him for all the evil things that Herod had done. So this is why John the Baptist was put in prison and eventually beheaded, because he confronted Herod for all of the evil things that he had done. You see, in John the Baptist's mind, it didn't matter if Herod accepted God's word or not. It didn't matter if he accepted truth from the scriptures or not. For John the Baptist, it was his responsibility to say, here's where you're wrong. This is where you're wrong, Herod. And isn't this the way it is in 1 Peter chapter 2? I'm about to preach this this Sunday. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, we're told something very fascinating. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. How do emperors, how do governors that are elected or appointed. And these things are going to apply differently depending upon the law of the land, wherever you're at, and the structure of government. You know, you've heard me talk about this before, and I'll talk about this a little bit on Sunday, where in America, we have governing responsibilities. We, the people, have adopted a constitution, and then we elect people who are underneath that constitution, and we, as civic uh, as citizens have obligations to hold them accountable to that. So we are we are the governing body of the United States under the Constitution. And then we elect public representatives to represent us. So it, it's very fascinating how the United States Constitution, the American government is as a constitutional republic. But how are governors supposed to know what their responsibilities are? You know, it's important 
in any line of work to know what you're supposed to do. And that's why I'm going to be doing a series here in a little bit on pastoral ministry on regulative principle pastoring. Because pastors, I want to give you a replicable model from the scriptures of what pastoral ministry is. I want you to be proactive in your work. I don't want you to be reactive in your work, waiting to hear what you're supposed to be doing from your people who don't know the work of ministry. A lot, I'll be pulling in uh, some Eugene Peterson here on that. But you need to be proactive. What has God prescribed you to do? In the same way, governors need to know what their obligations are. What are, what are their responsibilities? And right here, we have this primary responsibility of, of the civic realm, which is to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. And we have to speak to that, to say any elected or appointed officials, we the people of the United States, we with our as a voting voice have to represent what is good and repudiate what is evil. And so we have to speak to that. We have to know what is good and evil then. Those who are elected representatives, they have to know what is good and evil and what their responsibilities are to punish evil and reward the good. That means that those who sit in the judge's chair need to know what their responsibilities are biblically. And so if they're going to know those things, they have to hear those things from God's word. And who are those that are proclaiming God's word? Well, they're the churchmen. That means pastors have to preach this. They have to proclaim in all spheres of life. And something weird has happened, and I think it could have something to do with nonprofit status and, and pastors being terrified. Because I, and I personally have experienced this growing up, a church that went into basically a whole, uh, it was basically just a political lobbyist group. I mean, it was a church that had left the gospel and wasn't doing what we're talking about here, but it was just completely a political organization. And that's unhealthy. There's a, there's a, a tendency to abandon the good news and, you know, and, and basically um, believe instead of Jesus being our Savior and Lord, that a politician or a political framework is going to be the one thing that, that brings us into like this utopian you know, kingdom living or something like that. And for some reason, it is a very seductive thing for people to get sucked in <clears throat> to politics. However, if you pendulum swing the other way, what ends up happening is you become somebody who says God's word is important in every line of work, in all of life, and we need Christians in every area of life except in politics. And we need to speak authoritatively to everything in life except to the civic realm. And God has something to say to everybody except governing authorities, judges. And somehow or another, pastors have just swallowed that lie, hook, line, and sinker. And so I want to appeal to you churchmen. You've got to speak where the Bible speaks. And when people say, hey, pastor, you're being too political, you know, you've got to evaluate that. Maybe you are. But if you're just preaching what God, God's word has to say and doing it, doing so in an authoritative manner into the world of crazy, just madhouse clown world right now, then what you're going to get back is snarky, mean, biting, ravenous people saying you're being political and you need to shut up. And we need to be like John the Baptist and say, look at all the evil that you're doing and you need to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, repent and trust in him and be saved today. And then you need to learn all that Jesus has commanded and you need to walk in this way. And in that way, we become those people, by the grace of God, fulfilling the Great Commission, discipling the nations. Friends, thanks so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, share this. Uh, please leave, it, leave a rating or review. Thank you so much for continuing to come back. I've got such a loyal 
group of people who have been uh, really just been an encouragement to me. So thank you so much. For those that are watching on Gab, thank you for being here. Please leave a, uh, a comment, share this, upvote, um, and all that kind of stuff. That, that brings traffic to the channel. And uh, so vice versa on both platforms. If you're on the audio and you've not checked out Gab yet, and if you want to, you can do that. That is in the link tree on Instagram. You can find a link right to the Gab uh, TV channel. And then if you're on Gab TV and you don't know there's an audio version, you can jump over and subscribe on iTunes or any other platform that you use. We're on Spotify and other places as well. Okay, guys, thanks so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day.